Hello, hello, hello. How are you? You well? Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, cheers for tuning in to another episode of Talking Out Loud with me, George Cressy. You're going to be joining me shortly in Varanasi. It's a fascinating city, first of all. The oldest inhabited city in the world, dating back to the 11th century BC. It's old school. Very, very narrow streets with wall-to-wall shops, chai wallers screaming at you, you got people screaming at you for fabrics you've never heard of, a lassie or two kicking around every corner. Unbelievable temples, there's 2,000 of those, and it's just over-spilling. The whole city is alive, and there's no getting away from the spirituality in that place. Um, there's going to be bar bars every two, or maybe, no, yeah, about two or three feet. There's a bar bar, and um, there's obviously the burning gats, which if you haven't heard of, just honestly give that a Google. That's pretty intense on YouTube what you got there. So I tried there to sum it up, but just go. Just go to Varanasi. If you get the opportunity, you get the chance. See a bit of real India, except for sure is a bit of real India. It's pretty intense place, pretty intense. Anyways, finding Matt, a cafe owner from Byron Bay, my interest was definitely peaked. And we talk about quite a few things. We cover quite a bit of ground in this one. So first off, we talk about what brought him to India. It turns out cycling did. So you'll hear about his cycle around India. Yeah, he cycled around India. <laughs> Outside of that, he's incredibly nice dude. Uh, we talk about the cafe he owns out in Varanasi and, and his, his plans for that. Also, talk about spirituality. Um, can't often get away from that topic, so that's a real, uh, real nice one to hit on. And also about just the charitable work that's happening out in India. Really top bloke is Matt, and does a lot of charitable work. So we talk about the stuff he's involved in. So yeah, it's just a really nice one with a really interesting fella. So I really hope you like it. Um, again, please let us know. Reach out, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Always looking, always looking for people who, uh, who like what we're doing here. Even if you don't like what we're doing here, just come on, get in touch. So, um, yeah, without further ado, Matthew, over to you. Wow, that's good rhymes. So, hello, and welcome to another recording. We're in Varanasi on my final day in India. I've been struck down by a bug, which is always a good sign. But Varanasi's been amazing, beautiful little spot. And I've been chilling today in Terracotta the Terracotta. I'm here today with the owner of the very same place, Matt. What's his second name, Matt? I forget. Uh, Matt Bryce. Matt Bryce. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, first off, if I can, uh, a man from, from Byron Bay. Yeah, I am, yeah, from Byron Bay. Interesting. Yeah. So, you've got a place in Varanasi, India. Yeah. What's that all about? If you can try and like explain the little story of yeah, sure. how you came to um, Varanasi to here. I came to Varanasi for the first time in 2011 um, after a five-month um, solo cycling trip um, through North India. So I rode a bicycle from uh, Delhi through Rajasthan, through the desert, and then out to the coast of um, the western coast, and then down to Goa. So. Um, yeah, I finished the tour as um, summer was coming and I was looking for somewhere a little bit cooler and a little bit more further north. Um, so I ended up in Varanasi and um, yeah, I just 
been drawn back here over and over and over again okay. over the last like six years um, and yeah I found myself spending less time in Australia and more time in India and um, yeah needed to find a sustainable way that I could stay here in India and not have to go back to Australia every six nine months 12 okay. months to earn money to um, you know to have like the lifestyle that I like to have yeah. here okay okay and how long has this place been going for uh, so it opened on um, New Year's Eve this year oh wow so yeah it's pretty young still okay. still in the first year and how's it been opening a business in India as a foreign um, it's been pretty interesting yeah, yeah. it's like um, been pretty challenging at times um, we're actually um, we built the cafe from scratch on the rooftop okay. of this guest house uh -huh. um, and we were mid-building when the um, there was a demonetization oh, that occurred in, yeah, in India so they took the largest notes of currency out of circulation overnight um, <laughs> while we were halfway through building the cafe so we were like paying for building materials with like thick wads of 100 ruby notes <laughs> and um, yeah, at one stage, like at the labor markets, like all of the laborers, all the workers were um, being employed by business people to stand in the bank queues to transfer old currency into new currency. So we couldn't even get like you know any workers to come and work on the um, on the building. So yeah. absolutely nightmare. Yeah. How long did that go for? It took probably about four or five months for it to like fully recover okay. um, there was like w one hour long queues two hour long queues to get to ATMs like um, and you get to the front of a queue and the machine would be out of power there'd be a power cut like be out of money like um, and some days there'd just be no money in any ATMs in Varanasi so we'd be going around all ATMs trying to find money and wow. um, okay. it even became a problem with eating, you know, like restaurants don't accept cards here mostly so yeah, yeah. we're often running around trying to find even somewhere to have food. Like um, That's scary in a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, oh, there, yeah. was there a big backlash from that? Oh, no, um, I don't know. So it was, it yeah, it was um, aimed on like reading the black money from the country and from neighbouring countries. Um, yeah, so I think, I don't know, as far as I know, it was pretty successful. Like, okay. I don't really follow, like, the yeah, see, politics yeah, yeah, yeah. of things, but, like, um, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. so it's sort of like a, a necessary evil in some Yeah, way. yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, but, yeah, it just added an extra kind of, you know, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. whole setup of the cafe. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And, I don't know, you've been in Varanasi a few days now, so you know nothing yeah. really happens in a hurry here. It's pretty, like, sure. pretty chilled. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, was it the, so what was it about Varanasi? Obviously, you've seen a lot of India. Yeah, right. We'll get, we'll get to your biking if that's all right a bit later on. Um, yeah, no worries. Um, I think the spiritual side of Varanasi is what really appealed to me. Um, I've like studied um, like Indian philosophy and um, yoga, and um, you know I've had quite a strong interest in that um, area. Um, and so, yeah, I just feel very like connected in Varanasi like spiritually connected like uh, okay. um, you know there's temples kind of um, just with the whole like kind of um, religion and devotion and um, all of the temples and you know that spiritual side of Varanasi it reminds me of that like okay. you know okay. I find when I'm back in Australia 
I'm kind of because it's not in my face maybe so much like I you know just kind of like lose that I feel like I lose that kind of connection to that like spiritual kind of you know um, divine like kind of level um, so yeah you know there's temples in every corner here and there's you know there's a lot of worship and chanting and you know um, going on so it's for me it's a constant reminder to you know to remember that there's a greater you know energy and greater like being um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah so I think that's one of the things that um, and I felt a real connection with the river with the, um, I still managed to very extra task. Uh, no. The one in 50? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk shop for a moment. Business continues as ever. And yep. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, have you always been fascinated by India then before you came out? Um, no, I hadn't actually. I've been like, I've traveled all around Southeast Asia and China, um, Japan. Um, I, on my first overseas trip, I had a goal to travel overland from Singapore to Japan. Mm. So, um, you know, because it really interests, interests me how, um, you know, places change over, you know, crossing a border, like, you know, from region to region, uh, you know, country to country, like, um, you know, to travel from Thailand into northern Laos, like, going from, you know, quite a developed country to, like, you know, very undeveloped, like, area on the border especially, um, yeah, it's just, I find that really interesting, and, um, yeah, um, so I had travelled all around Asia and India was kind of the next like yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually met someone when I was. Um, I took a boat from China to Japan, like a two-day, oh, wow. two-day okay. boat. Yeah. Um, and met somebody on the boat who had um, ridden a bicycle through Southeast Asia and Central Asia. Oh wow. Um, and so that kind of like inspired me. Yeah. Um, his. Um, the freedom of like traveling on a bicycle and you know, being able to travel at your own speed and um, you know, stop wherever you want. If you want to take a photo on the road, you can, you know, you can just um, do so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the freedom of traveling on a bicycle. Like, yeah, yeah it was really so I, had, I had a couple of friends in South America maybe a year and a half ago, yeah. traveling around, and I bumped into a couple who were um, Jess and Dan. Mm. Um, who were cycling around South America? Yeah, and there, is it fair to say there's a you can find online now like communities of people who are doing a similar thing? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, the same here um, in India as Warm well, Shower is like a platform, okay. uh, online platform. Okay. Um, people register. I guess it's kind of like crowd. I mean, couch surfing. Oh, um, so it's designed for cyclists. Um, yeah. Um, so get around and find the best route. Yeah, yeah, and people can, you know, you can stay in someone's. It's called warm shower, so it basically, okay. you know, is about staying in someone's house and using okay. their um, facilities and, you know, having a like, you know, someone who has a similar interest um, to give you a bit of support along the way. So you know, they might be able to tell you where local bike shop repair places are, or like, yeah, I guess like you know their experience cycling in their kind of vicinity. And, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what kind of what kind of what kind of bike did you use? Uh, it was a, um, like a um, Dutch bike. Okay. So it was online, like custom designed bike. Um, yeah, yeah. 
which is quite cool. You could like, you know, it had a list of components and you could kind of customize it according to your own um, requirements. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I got that um, while I was in Australia and um, I brought it with me to India. Um, yeah, landed in Delhi, like of all places, like yeah, first, yeah, first yeah. stop. And I'd never really cycled anywhere further than work and home. Oh, like, wow. So, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That was a bit of a um, big confronting. <laughs> yeah, the incidents, any incidents with cars? Um, yeah, like, bad. yeah, a few. Yeah, I got knocked off the bike by a truck on the highway, um, broke the. Um, the racks that hold on my luggage. Okay, okay. Um, got hit by a motorbike in Goa when I was turning at the intersection, um, like a drunk driver okay. on a motorbike. Um, wow. Arrested twice, once as a suspected terrorist and yeah. taken into the police station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they accused me of having a fake passport and uh, wow. dropping bomb making equipment on the road. No way. Yeah. This is all what for a bribe, I think. Um, so I, I was cycling up some like huge hills okay. and like trying to reduce the weight of my luggage. And, okay. Um, yeah, nothing's really wasted in India. Like okay. things are used and reused, and so I kind of thought, you know, that the equipment that I had might be useful to someone, and so I, you know, nicely, like I thought, put it on the side of the road for someone to use. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it just happened to be. Um, a tank of petrol, okay. which I'd used for my um, fuel burning stove. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And some like I had a solar panel. Okay. So yeah, some okay. like the battery from my solar panel and. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah really, you know, in hindsight. <laughs> two and two together. <laughs> dodgy, you make a bomb. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, That's crazy. But when you're cycling up a huge hill in the middle of summer and you've got like. 20, 30 kilos of luggage. Like, Christ. yeah, it was the last thing on my mind was like how suspicious yeah, my uh, yeah. thing of petrol would be to <laughs> yeah. drop off. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this this whole trip. So obviously from that you keep cycling now. And yeah, yeah. So that took five months. Um, I left my bicycle in India and went back to Australia. Okay. Um, and I was back for only a few months before I felt such a huge like draw to come back to India again and. Okay. Um, I actually had two weeks off over Christmas and just came back to Varanasi okay. um, and just like spent the whole time sitting by the river okay. Um, okay. just thinking about where the kind go. of purpose of life and you know where like where I was, you know what direction I should take and looking for some kind of like inspiration yeah. and guidance and um, yeah and that two weeks that I was here I um, I, I saw some um, medical students like helping children on the river, like um, with like you know help, like maybe small cuts and band aids yeah, and some vaccinations and stuff yeah. like that. And um, yeah, that was when I kind of had a feeling like I wanted to help others. Um, like I'd had such you know amazing support by people while I was on the road on my first trip, and um, was you know like. Back, well, in Australia, you know, like, I don't feel like we're so open to um, strangers, mm. you know, like, 
Um, I'd agree in Britain as well. Give yeah, it. like unless it's family, friends, you know, or close like associates. Absolutely. Otherwise, we're quite like yeah. standoffish. Like we're not very open. I Generally, find. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. And you probably in your experience in India, like it's totally the opposite way. Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, instead of like you know, if you ask someone for directions, instead of them just giving some off the cuff kind of directions they take your hand you know and take you to wherever you wanted to go you know like um so i was inspired by that and like um and so that was what kind of inspired me to um yeah to to want to give back like to india especially um okay yeah and then you know seeing this med students on the river and it all just kind of came together and um, I started looking for um, an organization that I could volunteer with or um, offer whatever I had to offer um, and found an Australian NGO that was working with an Indian NGO on a project coming up in Varanasi and I just happened to be here at the time and it all just felt like it was meant to be and um, emailed them and told them about my story and um, then we together um, decided to work on a fundraising cycling campaign okay. um, where I continued cycling from Goa where I finished like my first trip and cycled the rest of the way around the whole country. Um, How long did that take? Uh, it took nine months. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was visiting schools and colleges along the way and um, having interviews with newspapers and radios and um, trying to promote like, um, you know, just being kind to people who are less privileged than ourselves Definitely. and um, trying to inspire you know that anyone can help like those in need and yeah, yeah. you know you don't need to give money you can give your time you know you can give love you can like you know teach a kid to read yeah, you know course, like yeah, you know what, like however back. yeah you don't have to um, yeah. anyone can give back right yeah. um, so I was just trying to inspire people along the way and um, also spreading a message of like traveling green you know like riding on a bicycle rather than flying here there and everywhere and, um, you know I had a carbon water filter that I used to use for drinking water on the road rather than buying plastic bottles okay. so I was wherever possible I was trying to spread a message of um, you know protecting the planet and um, so yeah I was actually quite surprised by you know kids in the colleges like in schools like even in remote areas how much they knew about like um, you know, protecting the environment. Okay. And, um, okay. Ways that they could like, yeah. That's encouraging. Oh, so the yeah. younger generation are very yeah, 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 yeah. Conscientious of where we're at. Yeah, yeah. So that was really inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because certainly that's one thing I've noticed. Is obviously the older generation here are mm. very like anywhere. They're very set in their ways. Yeah. Now, and it's sort of like, well, what do you know? Kind yeah. Of thing. But it's good to see that the younger generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are really. That's a fascinating thing. I think certainly the internet is, mm. is allowing us all to sort of come together and, and mm. work on policies like global warming and yep. stuff like that as one rather than the, the freedom of information. It's a fascinating thing. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So you, you, that you, nice. you finished your... So I finished that cycling trip in Varanasi again. Okay, um, okay. I yeah, always seem to like, yeah, get, I seem to be drawn back here. Okay, um, okay. And um, by the end of that nine months, I, um, yeah, I just came to a conclusion that I just wanted to be here. I, you know, that I wasn't really, other than family and friends, I didn't miss anything from Australia. You know, I felt really satisfied being here. And, okay. Um, 
So yeah, I was talking to the chairman of the NGO, the Indian organization that I support, and about how I was feeling, and he was like, well, you know, we need to find a sustainable way that you can be in India, and yeah, Terracotta Cafe was that. Okay. Um, um, so the cafe runs as a um, training center okay. as well. Um, it's about sharing skills and uplifting people through, um, you know, providing them with training and work experience. Okay. okay. So all of the staff who work here have got their own particular stories. Um, okay. Uh, we also do weekly um, training with girls from a nearby hostel. Okay. Um, so these are women from like poor families or um, drug alcohol related. Um, you know, issues in their families. Um, they come here um, once a week. There's four girls who come who are interested in hospitality, and you know they think they might want to make a career out of it. And so I'm trying to like pass on whatever skills I can onto them as well. Um, so last week we like baked some cookies together, and I told them like I showed them how they could serve a customer. You know, from greeting to giving the menu to taking the order. Okay. And then I took them into the kitchen and showed them how to prepare the meals that the customers had ordered. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we sat down together and we ate the food together. And, um, yeah, it was it's nice. It's really nice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The girls are really keen and um, passionate to learn. So. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. Awesome. And I, I, I read as well, you have, you have flyers about um, a yearly event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I do a 10-day cycling tour um, in South India. Okay. Um, it's a fundraising campaign as well. Um, so each person who comes on the tour, they pay like a participation fee and they have a fundraising component as well. Okay. Um, okay. And all of the funds raised goes directly to the same project that I'm um, connected with. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, that's a 10-day tour. It's 240 kilometers. Okay. Uh, four four days of cycling and then a few days off in between to get a bit of a feel for the area and yeah, have a bit of holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's a balance between. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So is it one of those where anyone anyone really? Yeah, can anyone can come. Yeah. This year we had um, like a mother and their two um, daughters. So okay. the girls were 11 and 12. Um, oh, okay. The year before there was a mother and a 10-year-old boy. Um, wow, okay. There was two 50-year-old twins okay. one year. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, last year there was a 60-something-year-old woman. So, yeah, like it's, you know, it's very flat. Um, it's on the um, coast, so there's always a nice breeze, like ocean breeze, okay. and lots of shade. And, um, so it's manageable. Like it's still six, eight hours of cycling, like at times. Like, um, so you know you need to be like dedicated to it. Um, we do have a supporting vehicle, so anyone who needs to have a break can get in the van and like put their bike into the van and have a break for however long they want. Um, okay. But yeah, in my experience, people like you know seem to be able to manage it. Yeah. yeah okay. The humidity is pretty high there down there, no? We do it in um, October, um, which is probably the best, like, um, okay. for climate, yeah. Okay. So we avoid the peak tourist season and also avoid the, um, oh, nice. yeah, the heat. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so it's pretty nice. Like, the group, I think because it's got that kind of social angle and fundraising component, it attracts, like, a certain type of person and, like... You know, the people who have come on the tour in the past have been, you know, very supportive um, you know, toward each other and the group has come together, like, quite closely, quite quickly. And, okay. Um, it's a real experience and it's a real... Yeah. 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 See you later. Thank you. Bye.
That's fantastic. Yeah, That's so fantastic. it's been really nice. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, the whole thing feels quite blessed, you know, so, since sitting by the riverbank in Varanasi and like making that, you know, prayer and like, you know, asking for guidance. The whole journey feels like it's been, you know, quite um, blessed and like supported by the universe. Things has, has there have there been uh, dark times then on in that in that gap between? Has it always been with this driving goal? To... Yeah, I think um, since like um, becoming connected with the project. So basically, um, what I'm supporting is a um, education center for children from the slum um, so there were originally 23 families who were living on the side of a highway um, near an open drain and um, during the monsoon they were getting flooded and um, the, the police were abusing them and they were being you know moved like and bribed and like um, so initially it was aimed at supporting these families and like moving them into a more secure um, place um, and providing education to those children and um, like immediate health and um, it kind of just expanded from there so um, there's now 2,300 kids coming to three centers um, for classes three times a day so the classes are operating underneath the bridge of a metro line okay. um, they've okay. put blackboards like on the pillar of the um, metro, um, and they're doing classes like open air classes, like okay. in the slum. So, yeah. Where, whereabouts can people? Uh, in um, in Delhi, on the okay. outskirts of Delhi. Yeah. Yeah. Delhi. Is, um, there a, is there any, uh, any websites or anything? Yeah, yeah. So, can... the Australian organization is called uh, Forget Me Not Australia, okay. uh, and the Indian organization is called Laksha Akriti Foundation. Okay. Okay. They're both on Facebook, Instagram, and um, Check yeah, it out. online. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's super inspiring. And any time you know you were saying that there've been any dark like times, and you know obviously they have. Like everyone like, has their ups and downs, and um, you know especially when I was on the road. Like I remember three months I didn't see another you know Westerner. Like so you know, and I didn't have a smartphone at the time either. So you know it meant having you know in deep conversations like with other humans was like you know non-existent and you know I felt very lonely at times and like and you know like I remember I was cycling into a headwind for like almost a month and you know every day using all of my energy to just cover a few kilometers and getting sunburned because the wind was blowing my hat off and just yeah like you know and kind of thinking about the purpose of the tour like really helped me you know to kind of move through that and you know i think of the kids and think of what I, why i was doing it and um yeah so i think like and even like you know in times where i felt down myself like yeah just having that having goal that goal. yeah goal and purpose was, you know and awesome. yeah it really awesome. yeah, it's really helpful i think that's that's something a lot of people struggle with certainly mm. i'm starting to feel like i'm starting to get a bit of a purpose together now mm. uh, and it is yeah it's very uh, yeah it makes things a lot easier yeah. when you can when you can try and find that thing that you, you really care about and yeah. i think a lot of it is altruistic as well you know the, the feeling of giving back yeah of, of contributing you know yeah um and that's certainly something i felt in the first time like this is month four or five month trip now okay. so I did two months in Africa before this um, 
because that was the first time really because I'm quite a selfish guy mm. you know I, I travel on my own and I, yeah. I, I like to see what I want to see and yeah, I yeah, like yeah. to save their money for myself and travel again yeah. uh, but that was the first time it hit me sort of to go I, I did a few uh, went into in Cape Town to the townships quite mm. a few times yeah. and uh, seeing you know the lives they lead and then the lives that I'm leading yeah. it just <laughs> make you think like well these guys are certainly massively talented as well mm. a lot of these people that just do not get an opportunity because yeah. of the circumstances they're born into so yeah that's definitely given me a lot of sort of drive yeah yeah forward, yeah i think so. it's important for everyone to have that experience yes. you know to travel outside of their own city and you know especially to developing like you know a country where people aren't as fortunate as us like you know it really yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. It really opens your eyes and makes you really appreciate what you have and the opportunities that you have you know like a lot of people here could never even dream of going abroad you know like to get a visa like for an Indian to get a visa to come to Australia is almost impossible yeah. Like, yeah. you know we're pretty we're pretty lucky like absolutely the yeah. passports we have yeah so powerful it's yeah all, all chance you know all yeah chance yes yeah, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely it's, it's madness really when you break it down and you go okay well you know, what are the chances that I'm here and I'm British and mm. you know, Australian and yeah. yeah, just to be born into that is quite something. Yeah. So, I think, uh, yeah, a friend of mine, um, um, she, I don't remember her exact words, but she was, it was, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, um, and she was saying that, you know, happiness comes through having, you know, like a meaningful life, you know, like that's the road to you know the real road to happiness okay yeah, um, yeah. and I, yeah i think it yeah, yeah really yeah, I, you know yeah. you can search for happiness in you know material things or love or you know like any number of like ways of searching for happiness but i think yeah it comes through having a meaningful life you know Absolutely. whatever whatever way that like, as well, yeah, I guess. yeah 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 oh, yeah, so, so in terms of the spirituality, you're mm. clearly a very spiritual person mm. in terms of the way you're talking right now, you know. Yeah, okay. So has that always been the case ever since you were a kid or were you Christian initially? Would you say you're Hindu now or how does it work? Um, yeah, I was like baptised. Um, I think I, that was probably the one and only time I ever went to church. Okay. Um, yeah. I think Australia is like um, not a very religious country like there's a lot of christians there i guess but i wouldn't say it was yeah, a very religious like yeah. place um yeah especially in our community i don't know like religion was always kind of like scuffed at a bit like a bit like yeah absolutely um same in britain same in britain yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. um but yeah i guess um, yeah, to be like, um, you know, you can be religious without being spiritual, right? Like you can, you know, like, and even in India, there's a lot of people who are, you know, simply following, like, without really understanding, like, or without a deeper kind of spiritual connection. Yeah, you know, they like might go to a temple and worship the God, you know, and not really and that's it, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah, well, not understand why or what they're exactly. really doing. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say that I was 
like a religious person. Um, like I study yoga. Um, and okay, was like, that a big thing then when, when you've got into yoga for the first time? In terms of, initially, it was just as exercise. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, that's why I did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I was lucky to find a teacher in Australia who um, went into all of the other aspects, you know, like the philosophy, the meditation, the chanting and singing and, you know, all, all parts of yoga, the karma yoga, like selfless okay. service, um, you know, all, all of that. So I was really lucky to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly, well, I just came from Rishikesh to yeah. here. And um, obviously a lot of people are yoga there, it's mm. yoga capital of the world, a lot of people no, say so. Uh, that was how you? Hey man, how you doing? Very good, how you doing? So yeah, so from that, in that aspect, there's a lot of um, Westerners obviously that go there mm. and they were telling me obviously what they're learning and what they're understanding and a lot of it's philosophy as well, yeah. it's not just practicing yoga, it's yeah, yeah. they teach them that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah really. It's, it's something I, I think in a couple of years, maybe I should come back here and do a couple mm. of weeks of yoga, you know, intense ashram work or whatever. Yeah. Just because, yeah, it opens your eyes and it's a different way of thinking. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so that sort of got you in there. Yeah, and I think I've, I found that teacher just after I'd got back from India too. So I'd been here and I'd like, yeah, and, you know, I was quite open to this, like, um, you know, the spiritual side of India. Um, and so, yeah, having found that teacher once I got back to Australia, it really, you know, it all just kind of, um, yeah, it came together, yeah. So it was nice, part of, like, the divine plan. Okay, okay. And so now, um, what kind of what kind of things are you? Do you follow a religion or is it more you follow the, the meditation or whatever that kind? Yeah, um, like in... Yoga, they say that you know all religions are one, okay. and there's only one God, and you know whatever you want to call it, yeah. and that is in within within yourself and within everything around you. So um, yeah, I just believe in that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to believe it. Um, yeah, yeah, and strip it all away, kind of thing. Strip away. Yeah, yeah. The religious aspect. Yeah, it's all connected. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's certainly something that I found again in my first time to India. Mm. Um, before this, yeah, it's certainly the most spiritual place I've been. And probably the most powerful in terms mm. of uh, how it brushes off on you and wears away yeah. and, and gives you that. So it strips a lot of things back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see how you came to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you either love or you hate India, right? There's no in between. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely hated it for two weeks. Yeah. The first two weeks, yeah. I was like, this is way too much. Yeah, yeah. It took me a week to get my bicycle out of the box like okay. on my first like, trip. I was like, yeah, what What am I doing? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you had a real like, crisis yeah, 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 yeah. the first week yeah. after weather. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what, what, what made you change your mind? What made um, you decide to say, it's great. I just, yeah, I just, one day I just, like, actually I called my dad and I was saying to my dad, like, you know, I've met all these people here, like, local people, and they're all telling me it's not possible, and, like, you know, everyone's just saying you can't do it, and the traffic is insane, and it's so, like, you know, the air is so polluted, and, like, yeah, I was really doubting, like, whether or not it was possible. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and I was having a conversation with my dad, and, like, yeah, 
I don't know. Just decided to just have a go. Just do it. Just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, get on the bike on and just do it, you know. Like what the worst thing that can happen is like doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I traveled around Asia like I told you before and I was like, you know, I'll just put my bike on a plane and I'll fly to Thailand and I'll cycle through Southeast Asia or okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just felt like I didn't really have anything to lose and to just just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so the next day I got on the bike and started cycling. Okay. And those initial few days I guess were yeah, it took me eight hours to cycle like 40 kilometers out of Delhi and like by the time I stopped like was covered in a thick layer of black dust and my eyes were like bloodshot red and you know I was blowing black dust out of my nose like all night. Um, okay yeah but it definitely got a lot easier yeah. <laughs> after that yeah wow okay yeah. so in terms of recommendations for people who want to yeah. go to india have you a few sort of standouts that you'd say right um yeah kerala is beautiful kerala is like i think probably a first like a best soft landing if you want to say into india especially like kochi it's like um, very clean and green and tropical and like the people are really friendly and Everyone speaks English and like, yeah, 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 I think it like, and that's probably a lot of the reason why I do my cycling tours there. Okay. It's a nice first destination in India. Um, as far as big cities go, I really like Kolkata. Okay. Um, um, Mumbai, I find it's like a bit hard to connect with local people. Okay. Um, what do you think that is? Western Italian, maybe. maybe just the area maybe the area that I I don't know just it's it felt a bit like um, like they're just after the tourist dollar kind of thing like they just see you as a tourist and like yeah, trying to sell drugs on the street and like yeah I found it hard to have a genuine kind of connection with people locally yep. um, yeah, yeah I found that as well and certainly the first time I landed into the bike yeah and um yeah, like the first morning, guys everywhere. So, okay, you want to come with a taxi ride? Mm. Amazing. So, I was like, oh God, just knackered, you know. So, I was like, yeah, fine, it'd be a good afternoon to spend doing yeah. that. And it's like, obviously, initially they asked for 3,000 for half a day in a, in yeah. a taxi just to drive around. Wow. And even that is sort of, what, what 35 quid or 40 quid. It's a lot of money, you know, yeah. even for me gone down to still sort of 1500 and so on even then it's a lot of money to pay for a yeah. cab when you first arrive yeah, yeah, totally. you don't realize you don't realize do you yeah you really don't so it's one of those things where i think that would be really useful just a bit more sort of visibility of okay here are the prices guys mm. <laughs> yeah. you should be paying for x and y when yeah. you first land because they will bug you off for sure yeah definitely know? they can smell like fresh you know? they really can yeah. they hunt you out you know yeah. they find a way to find you yeah bleed you dry initially <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. so that's that's probably why it has a bit of a sour taste in my mouth when mm. I first arrived yeah yeah I think yeah, you can learn a lot in terms of that is the government sort of addresses that a bit more yeah I think tourism will be a bit a bit more probably yeah that's how I find it anyway but yeah, yeah so going forward then Matt, for yourself what's what's the plan of the next I don't really know yeah okay. I'm just like enjoying the moment and like yeah just seeing where things go um, it's possible we might have to move the cafe to a new location um, okay. after this season so yeah I don't know where that will be like um, yeah so, yeah that's <laughs> more paperwork and more uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so... Veronas has got a bit of a hold on you. Yeah, it does, yeah. Also, yeah. Kerala. I really love Kerala a lot. Um, so I think, yeah, if there was to ever be a Terracotta 2 or, like, a um, change of, like, location, it could be potentially to Kerala. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe... Panerjee. Do you want to join us? Do you want to join? So obviously you mentioned the staff here have their own, yeah. their own stories yeah, and yeah, so yeah. on. So, yeah. Panerjee, if you want to sort of just come in and, and can you explain a little bit about your story, if that's okay? Yeah, you have to speak up a little. Um, how like how did I meet you? Just like uh, name like local dog, local dog. Uh-huh. I'm support for local dog. Okay. And then Madhavi also support for local dog. Okay. Okay. Then first time with the one sister like uh, Hyderabad. Yeah, Eva. Eva is Hyderabad from. He's good for every time call for Pandeji. Pandeji come pick up on me. They are they are some customer. Okay. And then you also to before. Yeah. Okay. And also Madhya come then order order something. Hello Pandeji, where are you? I'm there. Come five minutes. Okay, I'm come there anywhere. Just tell him I'm come. And then good situation now like brothership. And my after took to some broken. Okay. So I'm start work here. Okay. Okay. So I was volunteering with an NGO that was um, helping street animals and I was actually fostering a um, small puppy that had uh, scabies um, infection in its skin and had one of its legs amputated. Um, it had been found on the road, it had been in an accident and it was you know, that size of a hand, like tiny puppy. Um, its back legs were also semi, semi-paralyzed so um, it was living inside a um, polystyrene box for like warmth in my room (laughs) Um, like I I adopted it and fostered it and um, so and you know I used to take it to the roof of my guest house and wash it with medicated shampoos and um, yeah trying yeah and it started to walk again slowly slowly started to you know work out how it could like get around with three legs and skin started to clear up and um, yeah Pandit um, Pandiji he was a rickshaw driver at the time and so he used to take me to and from the vet all the time with this dog and um, he was just a trustworthy person you know like who I knew I wouldn't have to negotiate the price like for the ride and I knew that the price was the real price and um, you know as we were talking before like yeah, that's quite an important thing to have in India. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we just became closer and closer, and um, in the setup of Terracotta, he was always, you know, always willing to help, you know, with whatever we had to do, whether it was going to get some material for building or, you know, going to, you know, any shops to buy kitchen equipment or whatever. He would always take us, you know, to, you know, and fro and. Um, yeah, and then when he didn't have any rides, he was always hanging out at the cafe and okay. like, yeah, just yeah. became closer and closer friends. And um, yeah, and when his tuk-tuk broke down, um, it was beyond his capability of financially repairing it. Okay. Um, I just offered him a job here. And, um, yeah, now he has more of a, s- a stable source of income. It's not so um, you know, seasonal or like dependent on the number of customers like, he can get. Um, yeah, so, you know, in that we're supporting his family. He has three young kids and a wife to look after. And, um, whenever there's any medical kind of things going on with the family, we always, like, 
cover those expenses. Yeah. Recently, his daughter had an infection, like a skin infection, and so we were like paying for the medical um, treatment of, okay. of that. Um, yeah. That's lovely there, and then the other lad that works there? Is... Uh, so Kushal, he's from Nepal. Um, okay. He was working in a, another restaurant nearby, and um, we came to hear um, that the owner of the restaurant was an alcoholic, like chronic marijuana smoker, and quite abusive, okay. um, verbally, like abusive. And, um, you know, you probably, in your experience here in the last few days, you can see how gentle of a person yeah, Sikushal yeah, yeah, yeah. is and you know he's quite like sensitive. shy and sensitive yeah. and you know he's a little like you know he's he's the kind of person that can easily be like manipulated and like can easily someone could take advantage of oh, his wow. kind of yeah. like um, good, nature, good nature and he's a bit naive and like um, Game out of that environment. Yeah, yeah. So he was being verbally abused by the owner, um, and like sleeping outdoors, like in the restaurant in the night through winter, um, without a real, you know, secure place to live. Even, um, yeah. So we weren't really happy with that, and we offered him a job here, and he put his notice in, like a one-week notice he gave, and um, the guy just threw him out on the street, like. So he arrived here on his first day with all of his bags and nowhere to go. Um, so we put him into a room, like we got him a room in the guest house where I stay. Okay. Um, his own room, um, you know, so he can feel like secure and um, yeah, we pay him like a good salary and um, yeah, I'm trying to teach him how to be a barista at okay. the moment. He's yeah. just like started making coffees and yeah, he's like yeah he's quite a meticulous type person like part of his personality is that so you know he really you know he makes sure that the coffee is like dead even when he's putting it into the water filter yeah he's a bit of a perfectionist yeah yeah which is quite a good trait when you're a barista absolutely yeah so he's picking that up pretty fast so yeah it's nice awesome awesome if we can just finish with sort of why you believe people should come to Varanasi and what that offers um, My view is obviously you said spirituality. Yeah, just to kind of connect deeply on that spiritual level. Um, you know, Varanasi can be quite a challenging place as well. You know, it's pretty like dirty at times, and like you know the like traffic and pollution in some areas is like quite intense. So um, you know, and then it, but it also has like you know the beauty of the river and like worship and like ceremonies and um, that as well so I feel like it has it's kind of like a you know it has everything that India can offer kind of wrapped up in one place like good or bad like so you kind of get a bit of an experience of India like um, you know as a whole just by being here um, you know it's also the oldest living city in the world um, yeah the oldest continually inhabited continually living city in the world Um, they say that it's impossible to um, to determine where like myth ends and history begins in Varanasi so yeah to connect with a place like that is uh, and you can really feel it like you know definitely in the old lanes like in and around the main like 
um, part of town, old city. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it really feels like an ancient city. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Matt. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll grab you on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to grab a selfie as well. Yeah, for yeah, the, the profile. But thank you, Matt. Yeah, appreciate it, dude. Yeah, awesome. What's that? That 45 minutes. Good job. Good job. Banquet Bear Productions. Cheap and chill.